Hello, welcome to Intellicast. Season 3, episode 11. Tony Brown is in studio today. I'm Hello. so excited. Hey, Tony. How's it going? All right. Nice to have you in our fancy studio. Thank you. Um, Great to be here. Awesome. So glad to have you. For You're in the two-timers club now. Yes. <laughs> Join the club. <laughs> um, this episode, as always, is brought to you by EMI Research Solutions. You can reach us at Intellicast at EMI-RS.com on Twitter. Please follow us, EMI underscore research or Intellicast1. You can also leave us a voicemail or text at 513-401-5463. We don't often get prank phone calls or texts, so if you want to even do that, that's fine. 513-401-5463. Two other show notes I'm adding to Brian Peterson's show notes. Number one, whatever platform you're listening to us on, rate us if you'd like. Put some comments in there. That always helps. The second thing is you can vote for us or a number of other podcasts for Podcast of the Year. You could go to Little Bard Marketing. We'll put this in the show notes, but... Um, this is the first annual podcast awards. We're nominated with a lot of other podcasts, including um, Jamin Brazil's Happy Market Research and Sima Vasa's Data Gurus and probably eight to ten others. Um, so go on there and vote. The, this award, which appears to be a gold set of headphones, will be um, announced on April 15th at IAX. And t- Tony Brown can share the award if we win. Sounds heavy. Gold headphones? <laughs> it does sound a little heavy, doesn't it? <laughs> um yeah, thanks for joining us today, Tony. Thank you. Good to be here. Not a huge news week. Um, we have a couple news stories. I'll just I'll read through them, and you'll have some comments. Maybe sure. how about that? Well, that'll be the routine we have. What do you got? First one, Scent. Scent is in the news a lot, by the way. Scent hires Helene Staffrod Westerland. This is why Brian Peterson wasn't going to read this. I have to try to pronounce that name. (laughs) Helene Staffrod Westerland as Chief Technology Officer. She was previously the CTO at a different Swedish um, firm. Um, Thoughts on that? Tony, you're aware of Scent. You work with them a lot. Yeah, I do work with Scent a lot. Um, And, you know, yeah, from what I understand, she's going to be overseeing global engineering and uh, working on platform integration with Scent and P2. So, um, as we've seen with other panel mergers, I mean, that's no small task. Yeah. We talk about merging of massive databases like that. And I mean, back before I was you know, in the sample world, I was um, an IT consultant and just on that smaller scale, just data mapping and, and you know, lining up tables. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's amazing, just a, an amazing task to have to go through. But um, it's quite a complex. It involves, you know, technical security and I mean, even business policies, all that stuff she's going to hopefully. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, um uh, it's, it's exciting for me to see executive talent from other industries coming into the sample industry because obviously that's that was the first thing I, I picked up about her resume. But, yeah, I mean we can only benefit from uh, that type of a hire to make sure that we as sample providers are are pushing the envelope with with innovation and growth. I completely agree. That was uh, well prepared from Tony Brown, who does show prep. <laughs> He does more show prep than most guests we ever have, especially internal guests. I completely agree. I think that you mentioned on a couple of things that I really liked is integrating massive APIs, which Synth obviously has, and it gets more complex with the with the um, P2 acquisition. And secondly, kind of navigating the current landscape of marketing research around privacy laws, mm-hmm. which obviously um, Synth is headquartered um, in the EU, so they ha- they're very familiar with GDPR, and they do a lot of business with California residents, so they're very familiar with CCPA. Those are two, alone, are two big challenges for a CTO. So yes, t- taking someone from within a different from outside the industry and integrating that synth, I think it's a I think that's great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, specifically within what I was reading about her was that um, prior to even Instantor, she was with Spec Ops, a password and authentication software company. So 
I mean, um, it's a great move for Senate. I think it's privacy and data protection, as you mentioned, is, is uh, more important really now than ever. Yep. Um, so that's the Sent News of the Week. And then um, another company that's often in the news is Dynata. And they've partnered with an online community platform business. I think it's pronounced community, but it doesn't have any vowels in its name. No. <laughs> so it's C-M-N-T-Y. I'm assuming that's pronounced community. I hope you just pronounce it community because mm-hmm. just reading off the acronym would <laughs> be... It's not community. No. Um, so I apologize if I'm mispronouncing that. And I will do an apology video later if called out on it by Dynata or someone else. But... Um, it's, I think it's a good merger. So they've partnered with Community to help brands improve audience engagement with community-based consumer insights. Tony Brown, I bet you've done some show prep on this. What are your thoughts on this? Well, I can remember about 10 years ago um, in this business, and it's hard to believe I've been in this business even longer than that, but uh, online qual was making a huge push for me, it seemed, back then. I mean, a lot of providers were trying to get into the marketplace. Um, only a few did it well. Uh, but, uh, you know, MR firms are trying to get their heads around uh, making the move from in-person to online, the pros and cons of that. Uh, so I can remember just a lot of different conversations with various clients and, and we're looking at different providers. So, um, you know, do we use faith, um, focus groups or bulletin boards, et cetera, and all that. It seemed to really taper down, uh, though, after a while. Um, yeah. Didn't really hear much about anybody doing it. And then uh, uh, lately, though, it seems like it's making a comeback. I mean, I know... Um, we're seeing an increased or renewed interest rather from clients for more qual here, more of a quant to qual kind of a hybrid methodology. Yep. So it makes sense that community would, um, if you can, if you pronounce it that way, yeah. would want to bolster uh, their offering, I think. Yeah. One thing I love about it, I love, I love when panels uh, merge with more qualitative type. I feel like it improves the quality of it. Maybe that's just my perception, but I think that the more we can merge more quantitative online panels with qualitative i feel like it it improves the quality um and looking on their website they do a good job of promoting it they talk about 2700 profile attributes sourced directly from 62 million opt-in consumers worldwide that sounds um positive to me um brand endorsed loyalists they talk about b2b research not just consumer they talk about b2b as well so i think this um i think this is a good move for dynamic and community yeah (laughs) yeah uh, yeah, I, I hear more and more in, at conferences, especially, you know, the interest in growing interest in pulling together from multiple audiences, even multiple methodologies for richer insights. Yep. Uh, so, I mean, a partnership of an online community platform with a traditional quant panel, like you said, I think it just, just makes sense. Yeah, and we've seen other moves from Dynata about um, getting more third-party data access. Mm-hmm. We call it typically data pens right. in survey world. And the more of that, I think the more value that is an industry providing from sample buyers and the industry is kind of changing. I don't know if it's market research anymore. We, we had a naming exercise at SampleCon and Patrick, which Patrick Comer, I think it's the insights industry or the business. I don't know. We're making business decisions based upon data, um, whatever you want to call it. But anyway, Dynata is making a lot of moves to kind of expand into beyond just the typical survey world. Um, that's, that's it for the news this week. <clears throat> Other than, the hot topic, which is coronavirus. Um, Tony lives in Indianapolis. I think you have a case of coronavirus over there, don't we you? We do, yeah. <laughs> we don't shut, here in Cincinnati. They shut down schools. Uh, yeah? Yeah, they shut down a whole school system. Uh, yeah. Not too far from where I live. So it's been it's been crazy to see that impacting you know your backyard. <clears throat> and you have at least one child, maybe multiple children at University of Indiana. Is that right? Yes. Um, <laughs> one now. And, yeah. Yeah, at, uh, at IU. And, and she just, uh, they just... 
heard the news that they're shutting that campus. Oh, they're down shutting that down too. They are. Everything's being shut down. Everything's shutting down. <laughs> <laughs> um, kind of scary. We uh, last week's episode was this last week's producer Brian that we had Rory Deneen on. I think it was two weeks ago. Okay, we weren't as scared about it back then, but now things have kind of taken. You know, it's it's obviously spread as viruses do. It's starting people getting more concerned. Um, people are like, I heard a news story at lunch just a few hours ago about they're they're recommending people don't go to church on Sunday, right? Because there's a lot of older people which are the most at risk, and a lot of people shaking hands, right? Yeah. And that's probably the worst thing you can do. So I think we're getting to the phase of concern, but not panic, is what I'm hoping that people do. Personally, it feels like panic to me sometimes <laughs> out there, and you hate yes. to be that way because you hate, you hate to be proven wrong, especially something like that. But, but yeah. you know, I was just, I mean, I, my, my neighbor I was talking about my neighbor this weekend, and he works for a, a really large um, um, kind of hardware, yeah. nationwide hardware chain, and, and they were having a massive conference. Yeah, uh, and they decided to just shut it down at the last minute, and, and all the employees they had they already had rooms booked, flights paid for, yeah, everything, the event, you know, food prep. Every, so it was a very last minute thing they canceled, but he told yeah. me that they lost millions. I mean, yeah. tens of millions of dollars just in, you know, in, in shutting it down for risk of, of spreading it further. So that's, and that's just one example, but that's yeah. happening more and more to the industry. Yeah, I'm really concerned, especially about small businesses, yeah. like small restaurants and shops that, you know, McDonald's will be fine, right? Home Depot will be fine. <laughs> Maybe there'll be a blip in their, in their sales and the revenue data. And I love those brands, by the way. Yeah. Um, also, the Publix, their sales might they might go up, yeah, <laughs> because people are really going to the grocery buying a lot of those items. Yeah. But I'm really worried about the mom and pop restaurants and stores. So that would be I'm hoping people are still going out to eat and visiting those types of restaurants and stores. Yeah, yeah, unless they quarantine massive city blocks or something like <laughs> yes. that. Hopefully yeah, people will still want to at least get out, but um, yeah, it'll be that that severe. And then we had a conversation today. We have a a daily meeting. At EMI, we call it the red zone every day at 9 a.m. So if you ever call us at 9 a.m. and nobody answers, that's why. We're in a meeting every day. Um, and today we kind of talked about the impact it has from a marketing research perspective, not from like our own personal perspective. But does does this have an effect on anything related to uh, marketing research? We talked about does it affect service levels? Does it affect client visits or partner visits? Does it affect representativity, um, response rates, feasibility? And then data. Um, and I think this this might have come from a, a, a question a client asked you, Tony, I think. Was it not? No, am I making that up? You're making it up. I'm making I it up. I okay. a quick response and it all sound very good. You can't prepare for me asking random <laughs> questions that I don't know the answer to. <laughs> and I'm, and a, clearly an incorrect um, assumption that I made. But it does come up from time to time, questions like this, right? I do have a tidbit to share, though. Oh, let's hear it. Even though it wasn't. Specific, and it's research related. Okay, research good. and coronavirus. Here we go. Okay, so I was listening to a, 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 a news um, a news station on the way into work today, and, and they were talking about you know why the coronavirus is so much more severe. People are, are panicking. Yeah. I should say more concerned than, than other types of viruses or flus, or even you know previous things like the H one N one or whatever they might be that, that have come up in the past. And somebody's saying, well, you know, they're showing a three percent yeah uh, you know mortality rate. Right, and three percent may not sound high but when yeah. you think about all the other types of viruses um, that are spread it's it's multiple times higher mortality rate but then they were also talking about that they think that three percent even is is somewhat um, um inflated inflated yeah yeah severity bias they called it it was really more severity yeah. bias data because they're really only measuring people that 
they now have it, and right. it's transmitted so easily that multiple people could be could have it and not yeah. show any symptoms. So they really don't even have a handle on how many people have it. But of those that do, it's three percent mortality. So they, but they think if we're looking at all the people that have it, it's probably much much less. Than yeah, that. I saw I read a similar article that talked. I think in South Korea they're testing a lot more people than here in America, and it was less than three three percent. But it was above what the regular flu was, which I think is zero point one percent mortality rate, right? Exactly. Um, so it's somewhere in the middle, which makes it very dangerous. Um, and you know, it does it does get into survey research when you have. Number one, you have – this is all people talk about, right? I don't know about – you work from home, so maybe you talk to your wife about it who also works at home. But yeah. in the office, we talk about it all the time, and especially about people traveling and what's the latest on the news. And you almost get to that panic phase, and that affects also the data that we're asking. Imagine what – someone taking a survey. Um, I In the blog that we just put on our website, I think it was today um, – like people are probably have concerns that it's going to affect their data they're answering in a survey. Like I think people who have more anxiety around it, um, the stock market's volatile, travel is volatile, and so that is going to affect how people answer surveys. So I don't think it's going to affect the service levels. We haven't seen that. I don't think it's going to affect our response rates. We haven't seen that except from you know obviously in like China, South Korea, Italy, but here in America it's not going to affect that. But the challenge I think is for clients is that the data. The responses we see may change, and uh, you know, clients are smart. They know this. Um, there's probably a lot of research out there to, yeah, measure it, right? Those are great points. I mean, anything yeah. because not just about. I was thinking initially, you know, health-related surveys. Obviously, those are going to show, you know, uh, uh, different types of responses these days. But even as you mentioned, just the, the ripple effect of everything else through the economy, which affects people's. You know, pocketbook or even concerns about the future that will impact yeah. big spending like travel or other maybe even big purchases. Right. As that goes through. So it could be as far reaching as, you know, a lot of those different types of, of purchase intent and things of that nature. Yep. Um, in, in the in the data that, that you're you know that you're so keep those keep those things in mind. And we're recording this um, on Wednesday. They're, this Friday they just Insights Association is doing a town hall kind of thing with I know Isaac Rogers from twenty twenty research is on it, Melanie Courtwright from the Insights Association um, I think Howard Schlesinger was another one of them, um, president of Schlesinger Research. So um, a little town hall about the impact on research. So by the time you hear this, it's probably already happened, but you could probably get a recording of it. I'm sure that someone will write a summary of it. But if you're interested in this topic, you could read our blog. You could probably go to Insight Association, which is a great resource for topics just like this. I know being in sales is important to mention. No yeah. one <laughs> to date has ever contracted the coronavirus from buying Online sample. Okay, good. So that's I think you're buying online sample. You're safe. <laughs> yeah, Continue doing do research that. itself, you're probably safe from the coronavirus. Taking online surveys. <laughs> right. It, it cannot be. Um, you cannot get coronavirus through a keyboard, as far as we know. As long as it's your own keyboard. Own keyboard. Okay. I'll caveat that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if you're sharing keyboards, maybe a light. Yeah, all bets are off. <laughs> okay, got it. Um, that's really all we had to talk about. You want to talk about Quirks? You're going to Quirks in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Assuming they have it. Assuming they have it. Hope they do. Uh, we were there last year. And, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. That's right. We were there. Me we and you. There. Yeah. Yeah. We, we presented. <laughs> we did. We did. It was fun. <laughs> uh, everybody was healthy back then. It was great. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so, so looking forward to being there uh, again this year. Um, last year, remember, it was, on the, it was on the pier. It was on the Navy Pier in Chicago. Yeah. And it's it was, not there? No. They're, they're actually having it at the Sheridan, which is really close. Oh, good. Only a couple blocks away, maybe, but but it's oh good. I think it's got to be a better venue. Yeah, a lot of heard people were 
it's just at the very end of that pier. And yeah, I remember you couldn't even get Uber drivers to pick you up. Right. They're like, oh, I don't know. I, don't I know remember getting to the pier and then having to get another Uber to get within the pier, right? Yeah, like a mile walk. It was crazy. Yeah, in, the, in the Chicago in April with the wind yeah, on the lake. Not uh-huh. great. Um, yeah, but, but yeah, I'm looking forward to being there uh, yeah. April uh, 6th and 7th. And there are two full days yeah. um, of events uh, and sessions. So, so yeah, that'll be good. Yeah, we talked to Jason about the one in New York. And the format is so different to me, and I talk about this a lot, I think, is that it's just a little bit overwhelming and exciting and so much energy. Like, I feel like, and you'll be there approximately 48 hours. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you wanted to, you could fill up about 46 of those 48 hours with market research-related events. Yeah, Like, it is constant. Those 30-minute sessions all day, there'll be a ha- multiple happy hours, there'll be a wire event. There'll be the research club. There'll be a dinner. They'll have the market research band. They'll have the running group. I mean, it is it is fast paced all day long, right? It is back to back to back. I mean, it is crazy how they have those things. Uh, just logistically, how they've got them all planned out. And yeah, run smoothly, but it's it's a great place to to network and get great content all at the same time. Yep. And then I'm hoping to be at IIEX in Austin, Texas. That's the following week. That's April 14 through 16, which is one of my favorite conferences of the year. Um, focus some more on the innovation side of it. There'll be a lot of the client-side researchers there. Um, similar to Quarks, there's a lot of tracks. Um, you were there last year, right, in Austin? Yeah, yep. you were there. And um, look forward to that one. I'm hoping they don't cancel that one. This, um, Austin just canceled South by Southwest, which is but a much, much bigger global conference than a little IAX. 33 years in the running. Uh, oh, that, really? Yeah, and they canceled it after 33 years. And a, a rumor is no refunds. Is that right? God, I, mean, I hadn't heard that, but. I, oh, my gosh. That's um, rough. I think Lenny will give us refunds if he cancels IAX, unfortunately. Um, I don't think he will. I think we're safe for both Quirks and IAX. I hope so. Um, and that's the show. Um, thank you for joining. Um, again, go out and vote for us for a podcast of the year, a little bit of marketing, rate us for whatever um, platform you're listening to us on and uh, reach out to us if you have any questions, comments. Um, we didn't do a rant this week. We haven't done a rant in a while. Um, we haven't done a Mount Rushmore in a while. So maybe next week we'll get some new segments in. And as always, thanks for joining. Thank you. Hey, welcome to part two of IntelliCast, a little bonus episode. This is Brian Lamar. We're um, recording a day after the previous what you just listened with Tony Brown. Brian P- producer Brian's joining us. Hello, Brian. Hello, Andrew DeSillas. I think you're a two timer now. I am a two timer. Hello, <laughs> awesome. Brian's. How are you both? Yeah, good. We just wanted to, you know, we talked about coronavirus a little bit yesterday with Tony Brown, and this was before really all the news broke on Wednesday evening, starting off with Quirks was canceled, and then last night was when Trump spoke and the travel restrictions to Europe, and then the, all the sports started canceling everything, and it's, all the schools are canceling, right? So we wanted to kind of jump on real quick, just do a quick couple minutes on this. Yeah, it does feel like the world is ending. <laughs> yes. Like, we, we're the three people that get here first thing in the morning, and the first thing we talked about this morning, which we usually talk about work, we talked about, oh my gosh, why is, why is everybody out of baby wipes and toilet paper, right? <laughs> Yeah, so I went to Costco with my kids yesterday. You would think today was Thanksgiving with how busy it was. You, yeah. There was no baby wipes. There are no any cleaning supplies, no toilet paper, yeah. not even a spot for the toilet paper. They're like, yeah, nope. 
I asked the guy, I'm like, no baby wipes? Assume, thinking, okay, yeah, I understand the Clorox wipes being gone, the Lysol. He goes, yeah, people are buying those because they think they'll disinfect stuff. I'm like, awesome. Yeah. And, so and, that's not going to be helpful for people. And Andrew has a newborn baby needing baby wipes. <laughs> well, well, not only do I have a newborn baby who needs baby wipes, <laughs> I also have a toddler who's not quite two. Yeah. Um, and so he's still in diapers. So between the two of them, we are a high baby wipe household. I actually, yeah. uh, producer Brian helped me find on Amazon one of the few brands that was still in stock. And I'm unashamed to say that I ordered 3,400 baby wipes this 3,400, okay. Hey, if we run out of TP, what else are we going to use, man? I think it's shower time after that, <laughs> right? I can't do that with a three-year-old. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so it's got to get a little chaotic. And then getting to today... We're in the office today, temp- at least today we are, mm-hmm. and um, today is the day when um, you're starting to see a lot of client emails, supplier emails about, hey, everything's kind of fine, right? We're, we have all these protocols in place, and uh, Andrew, you're more on the client side than I am. Yeah. You're getting some stuff too, right? Yeah, so it's really interesting because, you know, in EMI sent out an email today, or we were about to later this afternoon, yeah. you know, just kind of describing what we're doing here. Um, you know, that, hey, we, we could be totally remote if we wanted to, yep. right? You know, our office is just for the energy, basically. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and just kind of reassuring everyone, like, look, we've got procedures in place. When If someone gets sick with coronavirus, it'll just be like they had the regular flu. Yep. We've got coverage. Yep. Um, and we can go remote whenever we want to. Yeah, most of us work remotely at least part of the day, right? Right, right. I would think so. Yeah. Um, so I've gotten, I don't know how many emails like that from our sources saying, you know, hey, don't worry about it. Um, we've gotten tons of emails from the sources saying, you know, hey, it's kind of research as usual, right? Yes. You know, there's nothing to indicate as of yet, at least, that response rates are down. Um, and I'm sure in a second we talk about how it might impact data. But, yeah. You know, as far as operationally, everything from the supplier side, hey, it's all good. Um, yeah. But we've gotten a number of emails kind of asking EMI, hey, are you set up What, what right. for success? What happens if right. you know, this gets as bad as people seem to think that it will? Should yeah. we be delaying work? Should we be moving work to someone else? Right. I, what I will mean, happen, worst case scenario, if something's in the field and all of a sudden we get no response, right? Right. It could be anything. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. as much as we're kind of saying everything's all right i don't think everyone feels all right yes the panic is is trickling down to our level um yes it's coming um it's it's a little scary because i don't know i think if you look at just the numbers it's a little scary but the to me i think most of the panic is because we don't know where it's going right Right. who knows what this is going to look like in a week right three weeks 12 weeks. I don't know. I would expect it'll go tomorrow. away. Yeah, tomorrow. I would expect it to go away as soon as it gets warmer, but I don't I think that's just a theory people have. Mm-hmm. Um I don't think we're at the worst of it. If it's you know, we looked at I think all three of us looked at data today. It's growing about 30% per day per country until you kind of take on the drastic measures we're starting to do here in the mm-hmm. US. Um the rock bottom is the little scary part. We're seeing so much volatility with the stock market. We're seeing people running to Costco, buying everything. We're seeing soup running out on short shelves. Yeah. So I don't think we've seen the worst out of either the virus yet or people yet. Right. And which one is the bigger threat? <laughs> right. You know. 
I believe it's the people buying three years supply of toilet paper. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. I'm disappointed also, it's just for personal, this is very personal, selfish reasons, is that um, March Madness is probably going to be canceled. They canceled a lot of basketball this weekend. There will be, I don't think there'll be any basketball this weekend. Um, so no, I don't know what I'm going to do this weekend. What's they pretty that? much canceled all sports. NBA yeah. canceled yesterday, yeah. like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, I just got a notification that the NHL has suspended their season. Yeah, yeah. MLS. Yep. MLS. MLS is like for Baseball's got to be next, right? Yep. They're the last kind of big sport. Well, the NCAA, I mean, each individual conference has canceled their tournament. But yeah. are we saying, oh, now the big March Madness is going to be canceled? Which starts Tuesday. Right. And right. So less than a week from now, in Dayton, right up the road from us. Right, and they've already announced in Dayton that if the games are going to be played, there's going to be no fans. And all of the yep. celebrations and things that they have had for the last five, six years as part of hosting that first four were canceled yesterday. Yeah, I think they're going to cancel. I think they're going to end up canceling. And I don't know how you can ha- cancel or postpone the NBA with for 30 days or however long is indefinite for the NBA. Um, with professional athletes right. without doing it for unpaid athletes, right? If the risk is there for professionals, you would think it'd be more so with amateurs. But right. that's such a moneymaker, and it's such a part of our culture, right? March Madness is part of our culture. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, and I mean, the direct <clears throat> personal economical impact on people. Yeah. I mean, ha- what were what are the ticket sale values for for March Madness? Yeah, um, you know, I mean, I if I had to bet, you know, those NBA players are still going to be given their salaries, yes. right? Um, and they can reschedule those games. But yes, the, you know, the universities and the arenas, you know, depending on whether or not they own or lease the arena, right? That's a huge, huge economic impact to them. Yeah, and we talked. I don't remember if I talked on the podcast about this or we talked in the office because it's all blurring right now. But like Nashville, for example, mm-hmm. Nashville just had tornadoes, you know, a week and a half ago or a week ago, pretty devastating to the community. And they are holding the Southeastern Conference basketball tournament there. That is just a huge moneymaker for the city of Nashville at a time when they really need it. Right. Because Nashville is so close to Kentucky. Kentucky fans are crazy about basketball. There'll probably be 75,000 Kentucky fans there canceling it. Is, is going to just be another challenge for their economy. And also, the to me, it's all these bars and small businesses and restaurants that depend on this to thrive, especially after a tornado hits. Mm-hmm. And it's, Nashville's not unique in that. All the cities, Dayton, St. Louis, the Final Fours in Atlanta, every city will be impacted by this, not just by college basketball. I mean, this is everything, right? right. Everything that's right. just postponed or canceled. And not only that, I talked to someone outside my house this morning. You know, a little play at a school in my neighborhood has been canceled. And just, I don't know, it's, it's just everything is canceled. And it, has, it goes way beyond sports. It goes way beyond culture. It goes to, I don't know, like people are going to miss out on, on significant moments, mm-hmm. right, of their development and life. Yeah, one of our research managers, Angelica Payton, was telling me this morning, um, she's getting married later this year yeah. uh, on the air. Congrats to Angelica. But she's part of a like a bridal group on Facebook, you know, yeah. sharing whatever, sharing your wedding colors, where you're buying this, that, the other. Um, but she said that there are a lot of members of that group that are completely canceling their weddings because wow. of this. And what, you have 300 people from all over the country come yeah. together, hug each other, kiss each other, eat together. Yeah. Yeah. You know, 
probably doing some drinking and dancing together. Yeah. That's the worst case scenario for this. Yeah. And that's something that, you know, I've really been struggling with. And my, basically my entire family, my extended family as well, is all in the healthcare industry. Yeah. And so, you know, they're all kind of saying, look, we don't think it's that serious. Even if it is widespread, we don't think the disease itself is that serious. Um, and, and they're kind of in a position where, you know, they would say, all right, well, you know, it's always better to be cautious and proactive, yeah. right? Get it, 100% on board. But there are real implications to all of these cancellations and quarantines and bans. Um, you know, I mean, we're, we're kind of in a privileged seat here that at the drop <laughs> right. of a hat, our entire business can be quarantined. We can all go home. Yes. And our clients would not even notice, not yep. at all. But, you know, what if you work in a retail store? What yep. if you're the lunch lady or the janitor at one of these schools that's been shut down? Yep. Um, you know, you're, you're a bartender who's yep. relying on people coming to, to bars to, you know, buy, or buy drinks and, and get the tips, things like that. You know, yeah, this has all come to a screeching halt. That's the devastating part of this is that people will lose their jobs, and the people that, a lot of those people that will lose their jobs are the people that – we most they most need their jobs probably right right it's a lot of those types of people right. and that's that's gonna the impact of that is just devastating because some of the some of these businesses are gonna close mm-hmm. and never reopen right. you know the, the Starbucks and the Home Depots are gonna be fine but it's the mom and pop stores and those types of businesses that are just gonna really suffer and it might take a while for this to recover and that and we're just barely into this right right yeah I mean we are only we're what eleven days behind Italy. When yeah. when does that uh, kind of disease progression curve begin? A week ago. Yeah. You know, as far as when this is, you know, reached the emergency scale that it is now, we're like seven days in. Um, I mean, yeah. this could a ways to go. Th- it, we we have a long ways to go. I think. Yeah, we have um, a couple employees that were supposed to take flights. I think one has already canceled their flight to New York, and mm-hmm. we have one more that. Um, is scheduled to go to Europe, and who knows? I don't even know. I don't know if you all know if she's actually doing that. Um, a friend of, our... of mine was supposed to go to Europe, and she's canceled her trip as well. Um, yeah, it was, yeah, we are fortunate that we, you know, worst case scenario, we get, we work from home, and our life is a little bit more challenging in many ways. But it's a lot worse for a lot of other people. Right. Right. Um, anything else we want to talk about? I think the you only. Anything? I think the only other thing we might want to mention is after we got off, after we finished recording with Tony, we literally got an email from Quirk yeah. saying that Quirk Chicago had been postponed <clears throat> until yeah. further notice. So I know we had talked about that with Tony, and he was looking forward to going, but literally got that email right, right after we walked out. Yeah, so Quirk's obviously is postponed. I expect IIEX, which we talked about that as well. Mm-hmm. That's the week following Quirk's. I think that'll be canceled or postponed well a large number of people attending iex are from overseas typically right, right. so i mean not a majority but yeah, a fair number. And that's a month away it's not a that far number, away yeah we canceled the econ games which was something i was looking forward to the university of kentucky which is and then we're canceling um well we're discussing what we're doing with the um sharon mutter multi-city forum which is an insights association event that we typically have at um, three or four different college campuses, which is a great, it's a great um, forum that we have speakers or we have some sort of learning on campus that people from different campuses can watch online and follow online. 
and students can attend, and it really helps with engagement and the education component of Insights Association. That's up in the air at this point. I, I don't think that'll happen, at least not in its current format. So it's closer to home in marketing research. Their events are canceled, and like we've had clients say, yeah, don't come visit us. You know, so that nobody's traveling at this point. Right. Well, and we had, you know, important vendor meetings that were supposed to happen. Yeah. Those are all canceled as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, you know, we I work in sales here, and yeah. we typically are traveling rather frequently to see our clients. Right. And our, our owner, you know, is taking this really seriously, which I certainly appreciate. Yes. And he's putting a freeze on none of our salespeople are going anywhere until yeah. we know what this actually looks like. Well, this will boost up virtual meetings, and this will boost up things like that, hopefully. And so um, we can still do client meetings. Anybody yeah. can probably still do client meetings and will. Um, so I guess that, that'll sum it up. A bonus, what, 15 minutes here on, on coronavirus? Yeah. All right, well, thanks for listening. Hopefully it doesn't get too crazy, and we'll be back next week. Thanks, everybody. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.